Alberta's biggest earthquake was caused by the oil industry. Fort Chipwin residents angry with Imperial Oil's lack of communications and planning. India is censoring Twitter. Canadian politicians and organizations have been caught up in it. And did Qatar buy off the International Labour Organization to get better coverage of working conditions within their country? Good morning. It's Friday, March 24th. I'm Nora, and here are your headlines. This morning, we start with two stories from Alberta. The first, a study from Stanford University has found that the largest ever recorded earthquake in Alberta didn't occur naturally. It occurred, surprise, by disposed tar sands wastewater. The report from Bob Weber at the Canadian Press says that the quakes hit the town of Peace River. They were 5.6 magnitude. Weber reports, quote, residents reported being knocked to their knees. The earth was pushed upwards by more than three centimeters, enough to register on satellites, unquote. One of the techniques to get rid of dirty water is injecting it kilometers underground, which sounds frankly like a sci-fi evil guy idea. Weber reported that near the site of the quake, one site had more than one million cubic meters of wastewater injected two kilometers into the ground. Just to give you an idea of how much water that is, it would be about 400 Olympic-sized swimming pools worth of water. The research showed that the water was pushed into two sides of a deep fault. It reduced the friction that held the two faults together, causing the quake. This spells bad news for, well, a lot of things, but... Also, carbon capture, which operates very similarly. Carbon dioxide gets injected deep into the ground, which begs the question, why not just leave the forests and the bogs and everything that already capture carbon rather than expanding oil extraction? Oh, and the bad news, or I guess worse news, these quakes can happen more than a decade after the poison liquid is injected underground. Now to another story of tar sands waste. The residents of Fort Chipwyan, who have been in a fight with Imperial Oil over leaking tailings waste, are worried that they'll become the first tar sands-related refugees. The Alberta Energy Regulator has said that for almost a year, water, quote, contaminated with dangerous levels of arsenic, dissolved metals, and hydrocarbons from the Curl Tailings Pond have been seeping into nearby crown land and lakes and streams where people fish and hunt. Unquote. No one told the Indigenous communities impacted by this until February, when a drainage pond spilled millions of litres of dirty water. APTN's Danielle Paradis writes that the site was about 80 kilometres from Fort McMurray and 260 kilometres from Fort Chipewyan. Okay, so remember the previous swimming pool analogy I gave you just just now? I came up with that one myself, but I must be on the same wavelength as Paradis, because in her story is this eyeball-popping stat. Tailing ponds in northern Alberta could fill 500,000 Olympic swimming pools. Parody writes, quote, they're so toxic, ducks and other birds have to be prevented from going near them, according to earlier stories by the Canadian press. That's right, 500,000 Olympic swimming pools. So for everybody that lives in areas impacted or holding toxic tailings pond waste, this is life and death. And the story doesn't seem to be going away. Now, news from Press Progress. 
Twitter is censoring news about India's suppression of civil liberties in Punjab. India has cut internet for millions of people. They've banned group gatherings and allowed police to detain people for up to 12 hours without charges. They're searching for Sikh activist Emrit Paul Singh, who is both popular and controversial, reports from Nick Johal. Johal writes that Jagmeet Singh and MP Tim Uppal have both, quote, had their accounts blocked in India by Twitter after tweeting about the situation in Punjab. If you get the chance, you should look at what it looks like for these accounts to be blocked. The Twitter notice says, quote, unquote, account withheld in the same way that it might say account suspended with the notice name of the individual's account has been withheld in India in response to a legal demand. And then there's clunky redaction bars over the content of the tweet. Baz Media, a Canadian organization that focuses on the Sikh and Punjabi diaspora, has also had their accounts withheld. So too has the World Sikh Organization. It isn't just the censorship, though. There are also hundreds of death threats a day being sent to some individuals who have spoken out about the situation, like the co-founder of the Poetic Justice Foundation, Mo Daliwal. 31 million people live in Punjab. CBC reports, quote, according to the website Access Now's shutdown tracker optimization project, India accounted for 58 percent of Internet shutdowns globally in 2022. And finally, The New York Times reported last week that Qatar was successful in its year-long crusade to get the International Labour Organization to be an ally of theirs in the lead-up to the World Cup. To do this, Qatar gave an ILO leader free travel, had intense lobbying efforts to stop various investigations, and they also gave $25 million to the ILO, quote, as part of a package of promised changes. One of the ILO officials that the Times interviews is former Canadian Labour Congress executive Mary Clark Walker. She says it's possible for countries with power and money to manipulate the system by bullying others. In 2018, the ILO opened an office in Doha. And since labour rights have improved, they now have minimum wage and workers can switch jobs without needing their employer's permission. But others have criticized the continued reliance on forced labor, abuse of migrant construction workers and housekeepers who often have their passports and bank cards confiscated and their pay withheld. Where the ILO could have used the World Cup to highlight Qatar's abusive working conditions, they were silent about these abuses. Now, somehow this very long investigation fails to mention how many workers actually died in building stadiums for the event. While the official line from the Qatari officials was, quote, between 400 and 500, unquote, which seems low, but was actually far higher than the number that they had given before, which was 40. But in 2021, The Guardian UK reported that more than 6,500 migrant workers over 10 years that it took to build the stadiums lost their lives. Building the stadiums cost $200 billion. And they report that the workers were from India, Pakistan, Nepal, Bangladesh, and Sri Lanka. Those are your headlines for Friday, March 24th. I'm Nora. And before I sign off, I want to remind you, share this podcast. You'll be able to check out the digest on my Substack in about 12 to 24 hours. And I just want to shout out the grad students at Queen's University who are protesting for free tuition fees. To the person that sent me this news, you're right. It's not exactly the kind of thing I'd highlight on the Daily News podcast, but I will absolutely shout you out and encourage people to check out your struggle. The protests are being coordinated by PSAC Local 901. 
And remember, there are some universities who allow international students to pay domestic fees at the PhD level. It is possible to get these tuition fees reduced. It is possible to get these tuition fees eliminated. Keep up the good work. Have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you on Monday.